My name's Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Genesis Gems. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 36 of the Genesis Gems Podcast. I am Nick Stevens, and with me this week is... Josh Witt. Josh. Josh is back. Josh attack. And we're back! <laughs> and I think we got a special cartoon guest this week. Is that Mickey Mouse in the house? Uh-huh. Whoa. <laughs> How's it going, fellas? Wow. That's that's uncanny. How did you get Mickey? I murdered Aaron Hickman. He's no longer with us. See, th- and this is, this is what's... I killed him! <laughs> <laughs> This what this is what puts us above two dudes because they have soundboard Mario. We have live Mickey Mouse, right? Yes, live Mickey Mouse and homicide and homicide. <laughs> we, we might ask. We have to do an ask Mickey segment. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mickey, you're so fine. <laughs> but anyways, I, be- I believe that was Aaron Hickman with us. Oh yeah, so I'm not really dead. You thought I was dead. I'm back. I'm here. Yeah. And then R- Rob Luther. Well, Rob is he dead? Because he's not here. Well, his cat. Ada's instruction manual. His dog pooped on the cartridge. There's all this weird excuse stuff. I don't even want to get into. So, what up, sir? Yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 excuse him one more time. But he's always welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my watch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I can make a Donald sound. I just can't make any words out of it. But <laughs> anyways, just right. Jim's podcast. Woohoo! We're back and. I don't want to say we're better than ever, but, you know, I feel good. Anyways, if you'd like to connect with the Genesis Gems Podcast, check us out on our website at GenesisGemsPodcast.com. We have t-shirts for sale. There's a store from Nick DeMarco in there. All of his articles are in there. Go check that out. Uh, find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GenesisGemsPodcast. Join our group at Facebook.com slash group slash GenesisGems. You can send us an email at GenesisGemsPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Leave us an awesome review. We are on Stitcher, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. I what a professional. It. I nailed that. Wow. <laughs> professional what? I don't know, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways. Yeah, I kind of skipped this part. How are you all doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's been... I don't know. It's been a busy couple weeks, but uh, it's been pretty good. I, uh, Man, I'm trying to think. What, what's been going on with me? Oh, I have a crazy story to share with you guys. Yes, we need crazy yes. stories. So, so between like breaking up a fight oh. during a basketball game, which I, I might have mentioned, it, it was a church ball and two guys got into it, so I had to break up the fight with my Sega skills. <laughs> wow, I, were they playing street or? Yeah, no, it was it was just <laughs> inside ball. It was yeah. inside, and they just got too heated and so i was just like whoa cool it down we're at church come on guys aaron went arch rivals on him pulled the pants I down did. and punched him nice <laughs> exactly what i didn't do but uh no what happened this this week was uh i was so i went and played basketball it was normal uh it wasn't crazy but afterwards i went to the gas station and uh, I just wanted to go to the gas station, pick up a uh, soda and uh, a snack, and uh, maybe a chili dog, you know. 
Man. Sonic style. <laughs> you, you just use two like uh, geographical terms there that I don't use. Soda and chili dog. Anyways, go on. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm giving it away. I don't it, have the Texas accent, but it's, I, it, I it's might pop, as well. It's pop and a hot dog with sauce where I live. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I had to interrupt you there for a second. Not in my town. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm there and you know I'm, I'm trying to decide what I want to get. And this man walks in, middle-aged man. And uh, he starts talking. He's like, hey, does anyone know where the nearest, like, 24-hour clinic is? And the dude has, like, a, a, a bloody paper towel on top of his hand. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to him. Like, okay, uh, he seems perfectly normal except for the bloody hand thing going on. And so he's like, well, I really don't want to go to the ER because they make you wait forever. And I said, well, what's going on? And so he pulls out, he moves the paper towel. He has a s- pair of scissors with one of the blades sticking out of his hand. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't think I don't going think to the, the 24 hour clinic is, is your problem. You need to get to the ER. And I'm seriously <laughs> telling him, like, go down the street. Take a ride, and you're gonna be at the hospital. Like you're really, you're just like a block away. You're so close by. And he's like, "Well, I don't want to wait a long time." Like, if they see a blade sticking out of your hand, I think they're gonna see you. That's just, that's just creepy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he went on his way, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's a story to to share." Because, <laughs> and I was just talking to the lady, the the cash register, and uh, we were just like, we were so confused by what just happened. Like we were trying to process it blast process it (laughs) and uh yeah it was it was just the most bizarre thing that's happened to me in a while but yeah otherwise you know it's the holidays uh getting ready for christmas i'm actually going to be going to a festivus party with some of my friends we do festivus every year for the rest of us Uh, yes the festivus (laughs) for the rest of us we will be doing some feats of strength Ooh. And uh, airing of grievances. <laughs> no, we we uh, we stopped doing the airing of grievances a couple years back because it was kind of mean. <laughs> it's funny though. But we do some sort of uh, some some feats of strength, which is usually like you know hold two gallons of water to the side and see who can hold them up the longest, and just silly stuff like that. So it's fun. <laughs> nice. That is eventful. I didn't have. Any crazy stories? I I surprised I made it tonight because I had to teach a uh, class at work this morning at 5 a.m. So I kind of yesterday I took this little nap in the evening, thinking that I would stay up a little later, take another nap. Well, I ended up staying up all night. I went like 24 hours with no sleep, which is not good for me. And I uh, I fell asleep before the show and woke up about 30 minutes before we recorded. So I'm just happy I'm here. <laughs> wow, we're yeah. happy you're here because <laughs> yeah, yeah, if yeah. you wouldn't have showed up, it, it wouldn't have been a show. That's hey, right. one of these days you're going to do a show without me. One day, but one that day. day is not today. <laughs> That's right. How about you, Josh? Josh got some... Um, yeah, I uh, ended up getting a, a new job, so yeah. uh, I haven't started yet, but I'm um, excited. So I had to break the news to my team uh, yesterday. That was kind of rough. So it's been uh, you know mixed emotions and everything, but uh, excited. And uh, I was telling um, Nick and Aaron, I'm excited that I'll have a little bit excited, not totally excited, but I'll have a commute again. So I'll be able to listen to more podcasts like Genesis Gems because it's the best Genesis podcast ever. Holla. We but are only the episodes <laughs> you're on, right? 
That's right. No, <laughs> we, we, yeah, that's right. We are the number one Sega Genesis podcast in the Retro Junkies Network. How about that? <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You can't make it any more vague than that. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I'll I'll save my other thing for Sega snippets. Ooh, nice exe- yeah. Ooh. nice nice segue. Yes, I think that's a perfect time. Sega. Speaking of segways, I just bought one. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sega. Oh, a Segway. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, oh how about that? Nice. You see what that I did there? Blue. Yeah. I see, see what you did there. Sir. See what I did I like there? Yeah, Sega right. blue. So yeah, Sega snippets. Test one two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega snippets. Hey, I'm gonna go real quick. I got some real cool news. I was uh so Michael Kelso listened to our last show, you know, that hoser guy from Two Dudes and an S. And he, he heard me heard me say I didn't have a Sega C D. So he not only um got me a Sega C D, I also got a Sega Saturn off of him. So I've got like this whole Sega shelf now. It's great. I haven't got the Sega C D hooked up yet because the hookups weren't there. I'm still working on that, but the Saturn works perfect. I uh I actually had a copy of uh Legend of Oasis, which I've been wanting to play so bad. Uh it's the sequel to Beyond Oasis. Love that game. So I, I popped that in. It, it, I was a little worried because it was a little scratched on the back, but it works great. Can't wait to dig into that. And uh, I uh, had the only thing I had to do to the Saturn was replace the battery so it would actually save. You know, the Saturn didn't have the uh, required memory cards like the PlayStation did, you know. So there you go. But yeah, it was, it was great. I can't wait to get the Sega CD uh, going too. I have a few games for that. Um, I think I got Willie Beamish. You guys ever played that? Yeah, uh, my friend had it on uh, MS DOS, and I love adventure games, so yeah, that's that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that's one I want to get. Yeah, yeah. And so. the Sega CD version actually had voice acting, which I think the original one didn't have. Except, you know, you get lots of load time, like enough load time to where you could go make yourself a PB and J sandwich <laughs> and come back, and the game's not done loading. <laughs> nice. That reminds me of that line from uh, Spinal Tap. This guitar has so much sustain, I could go grab a sandwich, and the note would still be playing when I get back. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so I have that, and I'm pretty excited. Um, I've been playing. It's funny because I have the Saturn, but I've been playing uh, College Slam. It's kind of the college it's version. It's like of, NBA Jam. Yeah, too. yeah, but it's got some. It's got like the arcade style graphics. And I've been really enjoying that. So it's um, I, it makes me want to go get NBA Jam TV. That's funny because that's the I, I didn't have NBA Jam on Sega Saturn, but I did have College Slam. <laughs> it's funny so, you mentioned that. Yes, yeah, so maybe one of these days we'll do a special episode on Sega CD or Saturn. Now that nice. I have, now that I have them. <laughs> yes, uh, I noticed NBA Jam on the Sega Saturn moves super fast. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, now Kelso did send this NBA Jam Extreme. It's like a 3D version of NBA Jam, and I remember really liking that game um, when it came out many, many years ago. But that did not age well. <laughs> it's it? not aged oh, well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. I was excited to play it because it's got Sean Kemp on the cover doing this big slam. I'm like yeah, but I popped it in. It was not. <laughs> it was not what I remembered. <laughs> Nice. I remember like NBA Showtime, yeah, which was what came after NBA Tournament Edition, and then NBA Extreme, NBA Jam Extreme, which I never played, and then there was like uh, NBA on NBC or something like that. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Showtime and NBA on NBC were that was the same company, right? I can't remember. Yeah, oh, I think it, I think it was still mid- midway, midway, had yeah, to do yeah. something it was like the, it. the whole NFL Blitz kind of. The last era. NBA Jam game that came out was actually pretty good, though. The they were kind of yeah. like a remake, an updated yeah. game. On the uh, PlayStation 3? Yeah, PlayStation yeah, 3, yeah, Wii, yeah. and all that, Xbox 360. My son actually has that on his Kindle. It's not bad, actually. Like Usually touch controls are awful, but I actually got around all right on it. 
I don't like playing my games on pieces of glass. <laughs> I don't either, but it was <laughs> it was there, and I picked it up, and I'm like, that's not too bad. Anyways, I'm done with Sega Snippets. How about you all? Uh, you know what? Let's save Josh for the last because I'm sure he has the coolest stuff. He always does. <laughs> uh, the times he shows up, right? Yeah. yeah that's, why, that's, that's why I don't show up. Uh, I didn't buy anything cool. I'm not going to show He's up. He's like, oh, no, you got to wait a couple months and then I'll be back with some <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, no, no, for me, uh, cool thing happened. My stepdad, uh, so I just went to go visit him and he had a PS3 that he never uses. He was only using it to watch uh, Blu-rays. And he's like, you know what? I got rid of my TV. I watch all my stuff on my computer now. So he gave me his PS3. And uh, what does this have to do with Sega, you might ask? Well, it's an old enough PS3. It's a fat model. And uh, that's just a funny thing to say, a fat model. Uh, it's, it's a rotund version of the PS3. I could be a fat model. I could pull that right. off. Daisy Dukes. You could be a plus-size model. Plus-size so model. So it's the plus-size PS3 model. That's perfect. But not like the iPhone Plus. No. No, it's, it's like the uh, fluffy. Yeah, it's fluffy, fluffy right? <laughs> it, it's uh, hefty. Anyways... Uh, so this this ps3 it was uh, a low enough firmware to where i was able to put custom firmware on it and uh load up retro arc which is an awesome multi emulator deal and so what i loaded up on there was uh some genesis games and i actually got to try out musha but the cool thing was i was able to use my mayflash adapter which is a usb adapter where you can plug in a sega genesis controller plug it into the PC. Well, it turns out it doesn't need any drivers, and so I was able to plug it straight oh. into the PS3 and play Musha or any other Genesis game with a Sega Genesis 3-button controller or my 6-button arcade stick. So, Dude, that is legit. <laughs> it was pretty legit. Too legit to quit, my friend. That's right. <laughs> I, I imagine there's like probably no lag at all since the PS3 nah. is a powerhouse. Yeah, nice, no lag. I mean, nice. the only thing, the only sacrifice you make is the fact, of course, that you're plugged in via USB. Uh, but otherwise, it is pretty sweet. And uh, the other thing was, I was able to load up the Fantasy Star 1 and 2 remakes that were released on PS2 because once you have that custom firmware in there, uh, you can actually use the well Sony's PlayStation 2 emulator, even if you don't have one of those backwards compatible uh, PS3s, which are really rare now, those those 60 gig ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, those, yeah. yeah, so not everything works perfectly, but uh, those Fantasy Star games work great. So uh, if, if you have an old PS3 lying around, you know, you might give it a shot. Otherwise, you know, like for PS2 games, those consoles are so cheap now that you can get one and go to town. So, Is it Fantasy Star Remake? Was it like a, a legit NTSC release? No, it only came out in Japan. But uh, if you go over to PSCave.com, they, there was a team of people that made a fan translation of the first and second games in in that series of remakes. And so you can go to that website and actually download it. It's pre-patched. So it's pretty awesome. Very cool. And uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, You know, those games haven't aged quite so well as far as, uh, you know, just different little mechanics and and not having item descriptions and and the speed of battles. Uh, So... 
the remakes are pretty cool to check out. But really on to cool. Josh. Really cool. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Retro Gaming Roundup. That's right. So SoCal, SoCal Mike. Mike. Man. Really cool. And that's, that's where uh, Josh and I met. We met on the forums, actually. before oh, this whole right? retro Yeah, before Retro Junkies and everything. Really? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't we, know that. We met on the, the Game Gabble forums. Nice. We did. We did. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That, is, that, is that how you got introduced into the retro junkies Aaron yeah through uh I I think it was uh Willie oh, Willie wow. introduced yeah. me to William the Culver yeah man yeah William's a great guy great oh, yeah. guy Will, Willie's the man and I you know Willie actually sent me some uh I'm, I'll share this real quick we're uh sponsoring a a family in my local community for Christmas and the coolest thing the uh that well this isn't Sega you might guys might get mad but he over your ears yeah there was an 11 year old 11 year old boy who asked for retro video game systems like the super nintendo and i just it it totally just hit me hit me hard and when i saw that so i I immediately contacted our community and like everyone just pitched in we didn't have to pay a dime and we got we got the kid a system and games and controllers it was great so yeah willie donated a lot for that so yeah willie's the man yeah he is (laughs) uh so uh sega snippets for me uh, anything Sega related? Let's see. Um, the only thing I can think of off the off the top of my head is um, I picked up a PowerBase Mini FM Ooh, from nice. Stone Age Gamer. Nice. So uh, it was Black Friday, and I was trying to find some deals. I got some decent stuff on Amazon and everything. I was a little disappointed. It wasn't quite as good as previous years, uh, at least for, for stuff that I found. And I was thinking, well, what other sites should I go to? And I thought of Stone Age Gamer. And they have for, amazing stuff. They have great stuff. They've got flash cartridges, really cool T-shirts, just everything. And uh, and Aaron, actually, you told me about the Powerbase Mini a couple months ago. Yeah. And it just so happened that I went on their site and they had a Black Friday sale and I got it something like 25% off. It was a it was a decent deal anyway. I think it was normally like 50 bucks and basically it's it's about the size of a Game Genie, maybe a little shorter, and uh you plug in you plug it into your Sega and then it you plug in your Master System games on top and it's the pretty much the exact uh equivalent of the original power base converter for the Sega, which will let you play master system games on your Genesis. Yeah. yeah. Much, much smaller. Uh, I don't know the exact hardware internals of it. I, as far as I know, it's not emulated, so it should be just like if you had the original, I, I think, think it has, I think it's is, just using the, the chip inside the Sega Genesis for the FM capabilities. Yeah. And as far as the, I don't know how the processing goes for the, um, Master System. I don't know if a Genesis normally does that, or if there's a different processor inside that cartridge. I'm you know not what? sure. I wonder that too, because I notice with the uh, the EverDrive, it actually does uh, Master System emulation somehow on the Sega Genesis, and I don't know how it does it. Hmm. That's yeah. But 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 anyway, uh, so this this converter lets you play Master System games. There's a regular PowerBase Mini, which I think is something normally like thirty or forty, and then the PowerBase FM is the same thing, except uh, it adds FM sound. And basically, you could do modifications, or I think certain Japanese variations of the Master System uh, would let you buy add-ons or would have uh, FM sound. Yeah, it was like an add-on for only the the Mark III in Japan and. Uh... It's really cool because games like Fantasy Star and R-Type, when they came over here, they lost that FM capability. And so you could do some 
crazy mods, or you could just buy this mini FM device, and there you go. Yeah, and I think it's normally something. The one with the FM is like forty or fifty bucks. I got it twenty five percent off, and honestly, it's cheaper than you could buy a power base converter for now because every time I've seen a power base converter, they're usually sixty bucks or more. So yeah. um, it's this uh, was a good deal. I, I I honestly been wanting to get one of those. Um, I'm on their website right now. They have it for fifty eight forty nine. That's ten percent off. Um, I do have a question though, and this is something I haven't really saw. H- have you already used it, Josh? To play I've not. I got okay. it. It's still shrink wrapped. <laughs> okay. Well, a, a lot of these, uh, I know, like a lot of the uh, clone systems, they worry oh, like me. Like the Retron Five. Yeah, they worry me because when you stick a cart in there, like I mean, it holds that it holds the chip so tight, and when you pull it out, it feels like you're breaking something. I just kind of wonder. You can have this cart when you take it from my cold dead connectors. You're not even kidding. You're not even kidding. <laughs> so I, I kind of wonder. You have to let me know the feedback on that because I really want to get one of these. And, uh, yeah, I was reading some of the reviews because I, I posted it on Facebook and a couple of people commented, and it sounds like the the PowerBase Mini, the non-FM one, uh, someone tested it and said it did work on the Retron 5. Oh, wow. And then um, the Mini FM, I'm not exactly certain. I don't know if it's that that entire unit does not work or just the FM sound does not work. Uh, so I will let you guys know when I have a chance to test it. Yes. But um, That'll be the next Sega Snippets. Yeah, <laughs> for special episode thirty-seven. That's and right. What's What's cool is I know on the Stone Age Gamer website, uh, you can actually buy a Sega CD backup device that get you know, like a RAM cart, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually cheaper than buying the official one Sega put out because that one for some reason is rare now and goes for about seventy to ninety bucks. I have wow. no idea why. Or you can go to uh, Cricks. His website where, uh, I think his name's Igor, he's the one who makes all those EverDrive, the official ones. And he actually put out a Sega Genesis one that not only lets you play Sega Genesis games, Game Gear, Master System, well, mostly Master System, uh, 32X, but it also doubles as a Sega CD RAM card, which wow, is pretty awesome. That's uh, impressive. Considering Sega made it really annoying to get into the Sega <laughs> CD and and check your your lithium battery that's the pro- that's the thing that fails and so if you're playing a Sega CD game and it asks you to save a lot of times that battery will will go out yeah i did have one other item actually and it's related to that flash cart so um apparently uh there's a site called alibaba or aliexpress and you can get stuff from china direct and it's really really cheap and they have some flash carts on there and i think the one that i bought was $30 and it does like you were saying, it does uh, Sega. Um, uh, we're Sega Genesis. Master System, yeah. Yeah, uh, I haven't tried Master System, but I know the 32X also works on it. But uh, the only thing was they the case didn't quite fit properly in the Sega. It was like really, really, really tight, Ooh. and it was like almost almost damaging my system when I was taking it in and out. So um, I have ended you tried up like a, a Game Genie. Uh, I've not. That probably would have worked. Uh, I ended up taking, I just took like, I had like a, some sports game I didn't care about and uh, pulled the label off and switched the cartridges out and then that worked. But uh, on Stone Age Gamer, they actually sell the labels for the uh, EverDrive carts. So I got a, an official label I can put on it now. You're like so. Sid from Toy Story, aren't you? <laughs> Taking apart your toys and putting them back together. You're evil. <laughs> uh, as long as you're not like... 
not those you're not putting like a real expensive label on a real crappy sports game and trying to sell it. Oh yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not trying to pass off uh, Madden '95 as Chrono Trigger or something. Yeah. People have been doing at GameStop lately. Oh, was that? Uh, right? Oh, really? Yeah. I, oh, I read about wow. that happening to someone where they seriously bought Chrono Trigger and you know paid however much money to to GameStop and they came back and they booted it up. Uh, and it was Madden 95, which is oh, just like the man. ultimate insult. Wow. Because, I mean, it should have been like Madden 94, which is the best one. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been totally cool if it was I mean, Madden I would have been disappointed, it been like, but... Oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I would have been disappointed less. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. <laughs> that's good. Wow. All right, guys. Well, there's some questions on the horizon, but I'm going to ask you all a question first. Um, why did Mickey Mouse go into outer space? I could tell you why, but maybe <laughs> you're going to give me a different answer. Was it to find Pluto? You nailed it. All right, let's go on to <laughs> Ask. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. All right, this segment is called Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. He will answer them if he wants to. So, Aaron, you had some good questions this time. You had a lot of questions. Oh, I know. Ask Aaron! Woo! <laughs> Ask Aaron! <laughs> answer your questions! Ask Aaron! Oh, man. I, I just love that theme that uh, Rob came up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, did he write that tune himself? Yeah, it, it was almost like a game show. Kind of had a game oh, show theme on it, you know? Game show show feel to it yeah, it's, yeah. Great. it's an original work i don't know yeah, yeah. i know <laughs> just like that sega boy yeah that was yeah i think when you gave the credit to him uh on that song what was great was like wait i think the way you worded it like <laughs> you made it sound like he actually wrote the original I think, yeah uh, i probably should i probably shouldn't have done it that, that way but <laughs> I no that's all right okay so let's go ahead and run through some of these questions there are a lot so i'll try to move through them pretty quick i like to answer as many as possible uh so we'll start with anthony pig who's a regular uh, regular on our group page. So Anthony asks, in layman's terms, please explain the tech specs of the Genesis and why it's better or worse than the Super Nintendo compared to today's standards. What a loaded question. Man. <laughs> I think blast, this is going to involve blast processing. Blast processing. No, it, yeah, it, blast yeah. processing <laughs> is definitely the answer. That's why Sega is better. Uh, no, I, it, it comes down to... Okay, so if you want technical details in layman's that's kind of like cross purposes there or you know it's trying to explain basically uh you could say the super nintendo had a lot of things going for it in in the fact that it came out after like two three years after the sega genesis meant that nintendo was able to spend more time uh on things like the the color palette you know the super nintendo could produce a lot more colors i think it was like thirty two thousand uh 768 there we go and the the genesis could only do 512 uh so you know you you had things like that uh where the genesis really excelled was the processor speed uh so you had uh i think it was like a processor that ran uh it was 7.6 megahertz versus the super nintendo's 3.6 and so the super nintendo would have to use special chips to to run a bit faster and so you would notice uh with with the earlier games you know when sega would bring out their arcade hits uh 
like Golden Axe or you know Sonic the Hedgehog. It just ran faster than the games that were coming out on the Super Nintendo early on. Now, as the systems progress, that became less of an issue. The the designers working on the Super Nintendo, of course, got better acquainted with the system, were able to pull off more tricks, just like with the Genesis. So you had really amazing system pushing games on on both systems. Uh, you know, in Genesis you had like Gunstar Heroes. Uh, on Super Nintendo, you know, you'd have stuff like any of the Final Fantasies uh, or, or Chrono Trigger or, you know, just stuff that would really push the system. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like to get into this debate too much. Uh, I'll just say that uh, Genesis is awesome and move on from there. <laughs> Aaron, I have one, I have one question. I'm going to bring up a point here. Yes. That, uh, some, people, some people talk about the Genesis and say that it needed all of these system add-ons. Uh-huh. Up with the Super Nintendo, but you know, like the FX chip and the things that they they had to put the chips inside of the games. And my question is, like, I I I didn't I don't remember buying these games as a kid because I didn't have the money. But I've seen some ads recently, like you'll see an old, old Toys R Us ad or something like that, and you'll see a Super Nintendo game that was like a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, and it was because uh, certain games would use uh, an FX chip. In or an SDD one chip, so the like the FX chip that Nintendo brought out for things like stunt, uh, stunt race FX, stu- stunt race FX, and, and, <laughs> and Star, Star Fox. Fox. Yeah, Star Fox. Yeah, and uh, what Yoshi's Island and Doom. Yep. So there were a handful of games, and so were the Sega uh, games like that though. Did there Sega was only really one expensive? Sega game that that used a chip, which was uh, Virtual Racing. It used the SVP. SVP chip, which made the game cost like a hundred bucks at retail, uh, and otherwise, what did Sega do? They released the Sega CD. That that was the ultimate, and then the 32X, of course. And so, really, they they could have put out some amazingly capable games if they had used the power of the 32X and the Sega CD at the same time. But all all Sega really ended up doing was putting out. Some uh, or you know some other companies putting out some shoddy FMV games. <laughs> so you know Sega could match what Super Nintendo was doing. So I guess that was the argument: is you know they had to have all these add-ons to do it. I, I think that's kind of a, a misnomer. Uh, but that, that's my opinion. You know, like I've said before, Ask Aaron isn't all fact. A lot of it is my own opinion. So I think I think I would agree because I would rather pay. You know, a hundred or two hundred bucks for an add-on for a system, and then continue to pay fifty bucks for a game rather than have to pay a hundred bucks for three different games. Right. So every time you buy a new game, you have to buy the same chip, right? Right. It, yeah. And it adds on costs. Uh, yeah. So it, it's crazy. Now, what's funny is Nintendo eventually would try to do that with the, you know, the Nintendo PlayStation, which wasn't what they were calling it at the time, but uh, the the, the Super CD, which never came out. Uh, So, you know, Nintendo was was trying to do that. Such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Sony Sony just went off and did their own thing. Oh, yeah. That really bit them. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to try and knock out some more of these questions here. Uh, here we go. Craig Holland, he says, in It's a Wonderful Life scenario, which if you haven't seen that movie, go see it, especially since it's Christmas time. Every time a bell rings. And it's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think the 16-bit era would have looked like had the Genesis not have been born? It would have been very bleak indeed. Uh, <laughs> no, I Burn. mean, you, you needed that. 
that attitude. I mean, that's part of what made that era so magical. Uh, I, I call that Sega's attitude era because <laughs> they weren't afraid to to push buttons and put out these you know these awesome commercials. Uh, they just had such a great marketing team. And besides the marketing fluff, you, you had great games on the system. And so I imagine that, um, gosh, if Sega had been, been out of the running uh, with the Master System, we would have been stuck with the Super Nintendo versus what? Uh, the Neo Geo and then the TurboGrafx-16? It just wouldn't have been great. You know, I mean, you would have had some fantastic games, don't get me wrong. But you'd be missing out on Sonic and Fantasy Star and, uh, you know, X-Men 2 and Shining Force. You know, you name it. There's just a, such a great variety of games that made it to the Sega Genesis and fantastic ports that I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just making me get angry. <laughs> well, and you, you got to think about, like, the, didn't the Genesis come out in 88? Yeah, it came yeah. out in 88. And so the, the Super Nintendo didn't come out till 91, so it would have been you know, probably several more years of mainstream eight bit games. And I wonder how much did, did Sega prove that a 16 bit platform could be successful? And did they push Nintendo to try to release earlier, you know, or yeah, would, would I mean, they have skipped the super Nintendo? I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's fun to speculate. Uh, I, I think Nintendo would have gone ahead with it because they, they realized the shelf of shelf life of the NES was running out and, and just, because the the order of magnitude, as far as uh, the the size of electronics and the speed of things, uh, you know, today's computer it, it gets outpaced so fast. And even back then, it was the same deal. That uh, it, you know, what the other big thing they were competing with it was the Amiga. I mean, the Amiga was it, so so cutting edge back in what nineteen eighty five. So I, I think Nintendo was partially competing with that. You know, it's like we need to at least be as good as the Amiga. Uh, so, Aaron, you should explain the Amiga for people who don't know what it is. Okay, so the Amiga <laughs> was the follow-up to the Commodore 64. That was uh, a, a computer system. And if you've, if you ever see an Amiga in action, it, it honestly it looks a lot like a, a Sega Genesis or a Super Nintendo uh, as far as capabilities and, and using a, a Motorola chip much like the Genesis did. Um, so if you ever see a system or see, uh, an Amiga in action, it, it's pretty neat. Uh, so, you know, even if you've never played on an Amiga, uh, it, it's very comparable to a Sega Genesis just with a, you know, a few things that make it, uh, not quite as good as far as like backgrounds and things like that. But and the joystick with the joystick with one button, with one button. <laughs> yeah, I, I never understood why. People who played computer games, it, like you had great things like a mouse and a full keyboard, but then you had a controller with one button. It's just like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? And ah, it's just nuts. Uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and move on here. Paul Stevenson, my co-host from Retro Obscura, and now he's a co-host of a Sega podcast, which is pretty great. Uh, the Master System Masterpieces. He asks. Now Adam just needs to go join a Sega podcast. <laughs> He would. He loves Sega. Uh, so he's going to do like the the Sega Game Gear podcast or something. No. <laughs> he's going to do the Sega Saturn podcast. No. Uh, so Paul asks, three button or six button, which controller is your jam minus fighting games? Uh, I don't know. I think the six button controller, 
I don't have the largest hands, and so uh, the six button controller, I I just like it a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I'm on the other side. I got pre- pretty big hands. I love like the meaty hands. Yeah, I love the three button controller. It, it's like it fits so perfect in my hand. It's like the the Super Nintendo controller has a. I, I do like the button layout of that controller. I know blasphemy, but um, just just the <laughs> the shape of the of the three button controller and then the size, it just feels so right. The boomerang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially yeah, when you're playing like yeah. ar- the the old arcade ports or any beat 'em up games, it's like the perfect controller. But like, it's, it's perfect for throwing at people too. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes back. Ar- yeah. yeah. <laughs> boomerang. Take that, Nintendo. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and they did a great job on the the construction of that controller because you could whip it across the rim and it'd still work. Yeah, yeah, like, they're really heavy duty plastic. Yeah, no, I I agree. At any time, I you know I do like the lasso move when I got really angry. And just <laughs> chuck the controller. You guys ever do that? It's great. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and skip a few questions here. Uh, Paul did have another good one though. He'd asked. Uh, What's my favorite show? Like, what's the favorite game that uh, we've covered on this show so far That out of the games I've talked about? And I'm just going to give it a... It's going to be a tie between Shadowrun and Earthworm Jim, I think. I just love both those games to pieces. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Gabe asks, what's your favorite RPG? And I will stick with Sega Genesis. And I will disappoint you because it's probably going to be Starflight. Um, nice. Because the the obvious choice would be Fantasy Snail Star it. Four, probably, or Shining Force Two, which I have actually beaten and I love. But Starflight, I just for some reason, uh, I just caps captivates me a whole heck of a lot. So best Genesis game ever. Just saying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> best game ever, dude. Total. Uh, but is it a gem? Find out one day. Ooh, one day. <laughs> Not two days. Yes, definitely. Because we've got an EA band going on right now. Yeah, we're, taking, we're taking a break from the worst company in the world. So. <laughs> I don't know. Ah. They're not the worst anymore. I think Ubisoft takes the cake. Probably. Nice. Yeah. Am I the only person that likes Sword of the Vermilion? Sword of a million or sort of a million, a million swords. Oh, sort of a sort of vermilion is like the jack of all trades, master of none type. Game. <laughs> I like that game, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty good game. But I had it as a kid, it was okay, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, it was great for chucking across the room every now and then. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's great as a doorstop. A doorstop, no, <laughs> it's a nice fall. It feature, I don't yeah. remember. It does okay. I couldn't remember. Oh, the doorstop feature. <laughs> it's a it's a nice fo- it's a nice follow up if your boomerang doesn't come back for the second yeah. shot. <laughs> it's not as great as like the Sonic Two box where you know it slices, it dices, it even makes Julian fries. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, Nick? They're like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting for my sort of a million to come back. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so here we go. Let's see. I'm going to skip down because time is money. Uh, let's see. Blake Worrell asks, if you could attach the Sonic and Knuckles card to any other Genesis game, which would you choose? It doesn't have to be Sonic or even a Sega release. That's, Ooh, awesome. that's a good question. That's an awesome Ooh. question. That's a good oh, one. Oh, man. It would probably be Crystal Ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Rob's favorite game. Rob loves Crystal Ponytail. He does. He does. Yeah. And, you know, it would unlock a secret pony level. And That's why he's not amazing. here. He's playing it right now. 
like the whole you know like that that bonus stage that you would jump jump on whenever you put any other game besides sonic 2 and 3 in there it would be all pink and pastel and (laughs) amazing and he'd love it rob's not i'd play it just for him rob's not allowed back on the show until he beats crystal ponytail that's the reason he hasn't been here he's having trouble beating it so yeah poor guy (laughs) he's been playing on easy he still can't beat it (laughs) So uh, that hoser, Michael Kelso, uh, from Two Dudes in S, uh, he asks, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck? And the answer is Goofy. Every time. <laughs> that, is a, <laughs> that is a Goofy answer. That is kind of Goofy. Uh, no, I, I, I'd probably go with, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. But I'll go with Mickey Mouse because uh, I'm awesome. And, and Donald awesome. Duck sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> he should just take off. <laughs> Easy, Mickey. What a hoser. Keep, <laughs> keep it PG, Mickey. No. <laughs> or G, I guess the general audiences, right? <laughs> oh, that's oh okay. So, Rob Luther, whoever that guy is, final question here, he asks, what's it like having to carry Nick, Josh, and Rob on every episode of Chips? <laughs> I wouldn't know because I don't carry the show. I, I promise I don't. Uh, I, I'm just glad to be here. And uh, I'd like to thank the Academy uh, Sports and Outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's all of the questions I will answer today. If you have more questions, feel free to jump in our group page on Facebook. Uh, Nick is always posting more questions for me to answer. And if you would like to torture me and come up with really silly questions, I'd be happy to answer those too. Nice. Hey, I got a question before we move on. What does Mickey Mouse use to browse the web? He uses an iPad Mini. Oh, oh. all right. With that, we're <laughs> going to move right on to this game. Game on, Josh. Game on. Game on, Aaron. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, game on, Mickey. <laughs> game on. Yeah, game on. Sega. All right. So, Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. Uh, this was a good pick, Josh. I believe Josh picked this, didn't you, Josh? Absolutely. It's one of my it's actually one of my go-to Sega games, one of my favorite Sega games of all time. Uh and one of the first Sega games I ever played. Really? Awesome. Yeah, my uh my next-door neighbors uh who lived across the street, uh good friends uh growing up, they had a Sega before anyone else. They had an original Model 1 and they had the power base converter, which I never knew what it was. <laughs> oh wow. Growing up. Uh but they this was one of the games they had. And, uh, you know, being a, a young boy, usually, you know, Mickey Mouse wasn't tough enough to be cool uh, because you wanted to play the uh, the really tough games like Forgotten Worlds, which they had, another great game. <laughs> but uh, they're like, hey, you should try this game and uh, tried it and loved it. So uh, one of my favorite games, uh, but I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and memories is kind of one of the first things we usually talk about is good memory. My, my memory was I'd. I always really dug the uh, the cover art for this. I, I always kind of preferred the black uh, box art with the grid. And um, y- usually I wasn't a big Mickey fan, but when I saw the cover of this, it was y- you have you know, Mickey Mouse and he, he's looking a little scared with the witch flying over the moon. That it, the castle is almost looking like a gargoyle slash Castlevania style castle. I mean, and there's a there's a tree on the side with some scary face. So I was like, wow, that's a different type of Mickey Mouse game. So I remember renting this at a at a younger age and just loving it. Um, 
and it was it was more of a and we'll get into this later it was more of an easier game to get into so I, I as a kid it was more enjoyable for me to play an easier game I think but I, I did I never owned this until now but I rented it an awful lot but yeah, it was definitely a go-to rental when I went to the rental store yeah, and, and you know what? I, I remember seeing the game in ads, and I want to say it was another rental for us. Uh, I I remember owning... We owned Quackshot, but I don't, I don't know if we owned this game. I, I do have vague memories of playing it, though, and it was, it was really fun when I was a kid. And, you know, just like every kid around that time, I mean, Mickey is kind of timeless, you know? Yeah. I, I think any generation after Mickey was around... Uh, you know, what kid didn't want to go to Disney World and meet Mickey in person? Uh, so it was really neat to get to play a Mickey game that wasn't called Mickey Mouse Capades because that game's horrible. And <laughs> if, if you like that game, I don't like you anymore. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> them are fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this was like the first, I'll just say it's the first good Mickey game up to this point that had really come out. Because there, there were a few like Mickey games in Japan. They came out on the Famicom, but when they were when they came out on the NES, they got they didn't have the license to use it over here. So you, you got this weird game called uh, I think it was uh, Kid Clown. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. It was a Mickey Mouse game apparently in Japan, but uh, huh. yeah, this I I just think when when Sega Japan got the license to Mickey, uh, it was just awesome because this was 1990. I think Sega was still trying to find their footing with the Sega Genesis. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 hadn't come out yet. That was still uh, months away. And so this was uh, this was definitely a, a good game at the time. And I, I know I enjoyed it as a kid. I don't think I got very far, though, because it's, it's hard. It's a hard game. It's deceptively yeah, simple, really but it's, it, it, it's a tough game. I totally agree, yeah. I never really got that far as a kid either, but I still loved coming back and playing it. Yeah, I, I never beat it as a kid, but I thought the first few levels were okay. I, I did, I'd never had any problem getting to like the third or fourth level, but after that, mm-hmm. it was kind of... It got a little brutal. Now, now as I played it, I found it a little bit more easier. Maybe I'm just... I don't know. Like I, I didn't have any problem beating it this time around, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> All right. Um, as far as the information for this goes, this was published and developed by Sega slash Sega AM7. Uh, we already mentioned it was released in 1990. It was really neat when you look at the release dates for North America, Japan, and EU. It was literally like within days of each other. Like one day it was North America, one day it was Japan. Like right next to next to next. So that was kind of neat. Um, the composer, I'm going to slaughter this name, but uh, it's Shigenori Kamiya. And they, uh, he or she, <laughs> I really don't know, also did uh, Donald's Quack Shot. And that's the only other credits I could find for this composer. I don't, I don't know. if Did you do any research on that at all? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do any research. Um, but slack. I, slacker. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Uh, for not having composed anything else, as far as we know, for Sega, uh, man, they they really did great they did. With, with the chip they had, uh, especially because the Super Nintendo was just better suited to doing orchestral music, uh, and this was kind of a orchestral in nature. They they did a really good job. Absolutely. They nailed it. Snailed it. Snailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the the going price for this, which is this is the first time I've pulled up one of these prices, and I felt pretty confident because um, that's pretty much what I paid. The uh, complete in box is going for an average of seventeen dollars, and the card alone is going for seven. I got the uh, I, I did buy this off Amazon, which 
turned out great. I got a very, very mint copy. Um, the case itself looks brand new. The instruction book has like zero creases. And the cartridge looks like it never been played. I got it for about $15 with shipping. Uh, oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, and it's so like wow, even even when that's you open, a steal, man. Yeah, even, even when you open up the uh, case, like there's hardly even a scratch on any of the backing at all. It's it's really nice. It makes me almost not want to mess with it and just go get another cart, put this up somewhere. But oh, yeah, so, yeah, I definitely got a that's good deal, really nice. good deal on that. Well, and the thing with Amazon, I mentioned this when I bought a, oh, what was the other game I bought that was real good shape. Um, it doesn't matter, but I uh, oh it was haunting, starring Poltergeist. But anyways, I uh, it said it was like in good condition. And so I just assumed it would just you know be whatever, but it came in a most just pristine condition. So every now and then you get a good deal on Amazon. And as far as the story goes, do you guys want to read from the manual? I have the manual here. Um, it's pr- it's a pretty long it's a pretty long story in the manual. Find the manual. I I only own this game on PS3. As far as okay. yeah, I, I got it free on the. There's like a PSN promotion. If I would have been more prepared, I would have like had the manual and like the actual story has like lines in it. Like I feel like we could have read it like being in grade school when the teacher gives you like a role like you're mickey mouse and you're the narrator <laughs> wow really yeah it's, it's got i mean i'll read the first few um, excerpts from it here um, it, the headline says captured by illusion it's a lovely day in vera city the sun is shining the birds are singing and the sweet fragrance of the flowers fills the air mickey and minnie are happily dancing in the meadow but suddenly thick gray clouds cover the sun and the birds fall silent don't worry, Minnie. It will clear up soon, says Mickey. But before he can say another word, lightning flashes across the sky. Mickey quickly covers his ears and shuts his eyes. After a few seconds, he peeks to see if Minnie is all right. Oh, no, she's gone. And it goes on and on about the uh, witch, you know, taking her. Uh, the, the witch. Miserable. Yeah, and it's actually, uh, that was only half a page. It's, a, it's, actually, it's actually two full pages of dialogue here. So, um, and basically, it's Queen Miserable. I can't ever say it right. Miserable. miserable. I always want to say miserable, which I know that's the play play on the words there. But uh, uh, she was kind of looking for Minnie's youth. And one of the reasons that uh, she stole her. So Mickey had to go find And how would she get, it's like, is she going to steal her soul? Like, how is she going to get her youth? That's She's a, got that's a youth extractor. Yeah. 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 It's the Jack LaLanne uh, youth extractor. <laughs> yeah. Or m- maybe it's an television joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, and He's got the juicer. He's just like juicing. You juice the uh, the youth out of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a blender. You throw in there. Wee's in the juice. Nice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> sweet man. No, he's in the juice. <laughs> no budget. No budget. You no, know, that movie had Meet a group. nice Sega reference in it. You it remember? Did? Radmobile. Oh, Radmobile. Oh, yeah. yeah. Radmobile. Radmobile. I, 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 that was the <laughs> first appearance of Sonic the Hedgehog, by the way. In was any right? form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, he was a, whatchamacallit, one of those uh, things that would hang from your, uh, inside your car. What do you call them? I don't know. One of those things that you hang up, though, from, from the, uh, the rear view mirror. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is he in someone's car? Yeah, he's, he's in the car you're driving. Oh wow! I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he's, he's spinning cool. around. He's yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Great movie. Absolutely. <laughs> and to uh, to continue the story a little bit, um, this is why Rob would have been good. He could have made a good skit out of this. So for in order for Mickey to save Minnie, he can only defeat Queen Miserable, Miserable, uh, only if he has the seven gems of the rainbow. So yeah, Gen- Genesis gems there. But uh, anyways, Mickey asks, where are the gems? And then you'll find them in the castle, this uh, mysterious dude says. So, uh, and that's kind of where the story goes. And each room, of course, is kind of a different uh, 
you know, it, it, whole different themes for each stage. So that, that was really cool. But that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Um, very interesting story because a lot of these, a lot of platformers don't go into story that deep, I don't think. Because you fire up Sonic, you hit start, you start running right. You know, and here Mickey Mouse is just it's a full on story, which I thought was really cool. And they have cutscenes that pretty much mimic that exact story really quick when you turn the game on. If, if yeah. you turn on the game, don't hit start, it goes through that whole thing and uh, just in a couple of minutes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I wrote down high score challenge. I don't remember writing down my high score. Did you guys keep a high score tally at all? I did not. Yeah. I, no. uh, I did, but I know I probably didn't get as far in the game as you guys. I had 87,000. Okay. Mine so, was I don't just... know what that means, but, um, yeah. Well, and then I... this, this game about like every other game you get a high score on, it only counts you for the first, uh. If you take a continue, of course, it erases it like every game. Oh, show. okay. So, yeah, I continued, so that yeah, might not really yeah. mean anything at all. <laughs> and, and do you gain uh, extra lives? or? Con- I thought I gained an extra life somehow, but do you gain extra lives or continues There are a few uh, from getting a high score? Uh, I don't know about a high score. I knew there was an extra life uh, like item you could pick up in the first stage, but I'm not sure. I, I know when you, like if you only have one bar of health left and you go to the next section of the stage, it usually fills it up to three. But that's just you know default from the from the game. But I don't know about the score. I can I, can, I don't remember even seeing that. Hmm. Good question. Though. Maybe one of our fans knows. <laughs> Email us at genesisjonespodcast at hey, gmail.com. Is it in the instruction <clears throat> manual? I'm looking. I can't find it. Scoring. Here we go. What good are you? <laughs> yeah, I am zero good. <laughs> Your score appears after you finish each level. It shows the highest score for the game. Your score and three bonus scores. No, nah, it doesn't say anything about it at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. <never mind>. No. <laughs> all right. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Miserable. 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 I can't say it. Miserable? I thought it was Miserable, like Isabel. Miserable. I only know that it's Miserable because I bought the... Um, the version on the Xbox 360, the remake, and there's like a narrator, which is really weird. Um, but he says her name. So that, by the way, that remake is different. It's not really, it's not like a remaster. It's a remake. Yeah. The levels are different. It's okay, but I, I was expecting it to be the same game, like Ducktales. Ducktales remastered is Ooh. a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is not. This is not the same. It's it's a slightly different game. It's not bad though. Yeah, it's not uh, bad. It's, it's my pretty... son's favorite version of the game. Like he <laughs> gives up on Castle of Illusion like after the first level and dying too much, but uh, he he comes back to the the remake version. And there was also uh, Epic Mickey on the 3DS. There was an Epic Mickey game uh, where they tried to make it like a sequel to this game almost, just in feel. Like they were trying to go for the 16-bit feel. Uh, of Mickey Mouse, so hmm. I haven't checked it out, but that should be interesting. Yeah, there's an epic Mickey game on the original Wii that's actually yeah. pretty, pretty good too. With yeah, the, I the, had the, the, the paintbrush. One. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's a pretty sweet game. All right, so I didn't really cover the genre. I think it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. This is a platformer, right? Yes, a yes. Game okay. Where you must platform. <laughs> <laughs> um controls i i was very impressed with the controls uh very precise uh i, I know like we mentioned with the remake that the pacing on i i know my kids like the remake better because it was much faster 
it, what, the, the pacing's a little slower on, on the Genesis version. But yeah, there's no run button. They yeah, exactly. Hadn't quite unlocked the black blast processing of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but but I'm t- I'm telling you, you know, your your jump was right on. Everything was so precise. Um, especially I think on stage four, we had to jump on the real small platforms with the waterfalls coming down. Like I I felt like it was very fair. Like I, I when I did fall, I knew it was my fault. And each platform I went on, I felt like I had total control. So I felt like the controls were very good in this game. You guys have similar experiences? Yeah, I I would say for the most part, uh, I did feel like he was a tad bit sluggish. Like I wish he could have gone just a little bit faster. Uh, But for the most part, it it was still pretty good. Like he doesn't, he's not as speedy as like Mega Man. Yeah. But Mega Man kind of runs. Mickey kind of, he kind of strolls. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, I'm just walking along. (laughs) How do you go, neighbor? I, I kind of related it back to like Simon Belmont because like you think Castlevania, a lot of people complain about that game. Oh, he's so slow and he can only attack this way. But the it, Belmont strut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kept calling this yeah. the, the the Mickey strut. But uh, yeah, he kind of he it makes him pay attention to things more. I guess yeah. because the game wants you to explore the areas. It doesn't want you to just speed through the levels. So that's why there's always like little secret things that you can pick up uh, along the way. Exactly. Yeah. I think you you nailed the uh, you hit the nail on the head though when you said fair, because uh, I'd say for what the game's trying to accomplish, the controls are pretty much perfect. Like like Aaron's saying, it's not supposed to be a game where you run through, but they're really solid. When you want to jump somewhere, you have really really precise control, not too stiff, not too loose. It's not sloppy or anything like that. And um, <clears throat> when you go to attack in the game, your main attack is this. Uh, butt bump i guess <laughs> yeah. you kind of sit you kind of sit mario kind of stole it from him yeah, yeah think, oh good point yeah i think the, i think mario for sure it off in yoshi's island i think that was the first butt stomp or couldn't he do no you could do a bunch a butt stomp in super mario world i think could you do a but you could you, you do, do the stomp. spin jump that would allow you to break oh yeah you could do the spin yeah. jump yeah i guess you're right the butt stomp wasn't until yoshi's 64? island yeah. oh yeah yoshi's island yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, you basically, you, if there's an enemy coming, you jump, and then you have to hit the down button, or the I'm um, sorry, the down on the D-pad, to have him bear his rear hindquarters, <laughs> uh, and then you could not really bear them, but uh, <laughs> uh, and then you bounce off your enemies. And at first, I had a little trouble. Um, I think it's in the second stage. There's some ghosts, and you can kind of bounce off of them to get you know, a little bit more height to get to some secret areas up in the branches. And I didn't realize it. Um, I think I probably kind of knew it as a kid, but forgot coming back to it. But um, you don't have to hold the down button as you're coming down on top of the enemy. As soon as you jump, all you have to do is tap the down and that puts him in his bounce mode. So you hit jump, you tap down and then you can hold up, and when you bounce on someone, you can move. Which sounds kind of complicated, but it's actually pretty intuitive, and it works really well. So it's. I think you could double. You could you could double tap the jump button to do the same thing, also. Really? Oh, I yeah. Didn't know okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. I'm doing it right now. I had no clue on either the, either of those. Oh, I, yeah, I, I like, didn't when you know do that. it with the down button, if you just tap it, it seems like you have less of a jump arc unless you're doing what you said, which was hold up. I, I realized that because uh-huh. when I was facing the, the last boss, uh, or you know, it wasn't the last boss. It, it was uh, the giant. I forgot what his name is. But when you have to fight the giant guy in the next to last area, uh, you have to do like a because he's real fast. So you you you, you kind of like swat you away, and then 
you have like a small window where you can jump on his head. Is that when he grins? He kind of has, he kind of yeah, shows he grins, his teeth. And yeah, he grins, and so yeah. you, you jump on him, and then you have to jump out of the way really quick, and so you can't do a high bounce, uh, or you might not jump on him in time. Yeah, and I, I kept getting the habit, that's funny you said that, because I would just always hold down, and as, it, as Josh was explaining that, I, was, I just picked up my controller and tried it, I'm like, well, it worked. That was cool. See, guys, I'm not crazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, double tapping the um, the jump button, though, that's that's good. Yeah, that now, works, did too. You, did, did you guys try to hoard all of the power-ups you could get? Because they kind of changed from stage to stage. Uh, you know, you had apples, you had these, like, blue orb-type things. Yeah, I think you I had... Those uh, marbles. I don't know what they were. Yeah, the, the, marbles, the instruction yeah. manual says marbles. Yep. It, and then they become Ouch. candles at some point. So Mickey's, like, throwing Hadoukens everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hadouken! <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> Hadouken. <laughs> that's good. Can you do Shoryuken? Shoryuken! <laughs> I saw I saw a meme that w it said Hadouken, Shoryuken, and then it, it said, Oh yeah, I love that one. That was great. Because <laughs> no one has any clue what he says on the, yeah. the tornado kick. <laughs> my, uh, my, I, I mentioned this on the last show. We've been playing a lot of Street Fighter 2. My three-year-old loves watching me play that game. He'll go through the house giving me Hadoukens, my three-year-old. So, and he does Sonic Boom too, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I might need to take him outside a little bit more. <laughs> Sorry to, to digress there. Let me let me bring it back. Uh, bring it all back. Yes. So talking about the, the power-up system, throughout the level, you can pick up power-ups. Sometimes they're, they're bags or sometimes they're just individual items that you pick up. And uh, you can throw a projectile at the enemies. It usually kills them. I think kills just about every enemy in one hit except for the bosses. But you really want to hold on to those because there are some sections of this game, kid you not, where you just have no room to jump on the enemy. So unless you have the power up left, you're going to take a hit. And you get like, you know, five, you can get up to five hearts. But if you're down to one heart and there's an enemy where you can't, I think it's like level five, where it was like a slug that was kind of moving around. And I was just so frustrated because I ran out of my projectiles and there was just no room to jump on top of this guy and butt bounce him. Was that on the uh, level with like the milk bottles? I think yeah, I the milk like, bottles. Like, like, like on the bookcase. The tea. Yeah. 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 I, know, I know exactly tea. what you're talking about. That had to happen to me last night. I luckily had a few extra bars of life, but I, I had just had to take the hit. I was right there with you. Yeah, like some some sections, this is one of those games where I, I kind of came up with a scale of, of hard games, and I would say this kind of falls uh, right under Ghouls and Ghosts and Battletoads <laughs> in terms of difficulty, <laughs> where and I know you said it's one of those ones where it's not impossible, but you really need to learn, uh, learn the game, because there are certain points of the game where the, the game will definitely punish you for doing something stupid. And, and you have to get certain jumps just right, and uh, there's certain enemies, like that freaking, that that letter A enemy, where he would <laughs> jump. He would You'd be walking along, and he would jump, and it was just so hard to jump out of the way and then jump on him, because you didn't know exactly when he would time his jump. Uh, and he would just start hopping along, and, and unless you had projectiles, like if I had a whole bunch of projectiles, I would just waste them on those dudes because they were the most annoying enemy in the game. <laughs> and then I think like the the peat bats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind oh, of. Oh yeah, I hate those bats. 
It was like the, Medu- the Medusa heads in Castlevania or something. Pretty much. Yeah. You get the anxiety because you don't know when they're gonna like when they're gonna lunge at you. So like you're like inching along the screen hoping they're not gonna, and then all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> Hate those guys. I just want to talk about how colorful. You know, we talked about the Genesis limited color palette, but this game really takes advantage. Uh, of the Genesis, and I just love how every level is unique, and the level design is just very tight, and you're doing something different in every single level, and encountering some, you know, a, a different type of enemy. Uh, in, in each boss, uh, kind of like in Mega Man, each boss you have to do something slightly different to defeat them. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty cool. I just like how much variety is is in this game. I definitely, yeah, I think they show that really, really early on. The animations are great. The color is amazing. And the first three uh, stages within the first, I guess, I don't know, stages, levels, whatever. Um, the first three stages before you even get to the boss. Um, the first one's like a regular forest. Nice and bright. Happy music. It's cool. It's fun. And then the very next stage uh, is, uh, it's really cool. The way, the way they did the music, it's kind of like this... Um, Echoey, um, you've got dew coming off of some um, uh, leaves. Oh, it's very dreamy. Yeah, 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 it's just amazing. And what they're able to do with the sound, like you said, and the whole setting changes. It still fits with the forest thing, but you feel like you know, you feel like you're in an entirely different level, just not yeah. and not like a, another stage of the same world. It's pretty cool. And you, um, you explained it just like I did when I did the sneak peek video. Like I, I kind of said it was atmospheric in a, in a sense, but yeah, I love the music in that level and the feel for it. It just it, it went with the theme, but it was this whole whole own thing. So it was good. Yeah, and then right after you finish that, you go back to the forest and you feel like you're in a normal forest, but after you take about four or five steps, it transitions from day to night, and that's a really cool transition. And the music switches, and it really fits with the whole illusion theme. You feel like you're going through, you know, like you're going through mirages or something, and and that landscape is changing. And the parallax scrolling that you see in some of the levels is just really neat. Yeah, Uh, really, really impressive for 1990. Yeah, it definitely pushed the system early on and kind of showed you how how far the Genesis could go. I mean, it could go further, but it, it was a, a great early example on the system. Yeah, and, and to kind of go a step further, I mean, the, the animations in this game, just Mickey Mouse himself. I did a little research, found a really cool article from the director of this game. Uh, she actually directed the remake as well, but... Um, this was one of the very first games that used idle animations and it's a, it's a staple of Sonic later on you know when you're not moving Mickey's kind of dancing around and it, when you duck his facial expression changes he's kind of mm-hmm. smiling the whole time and he, he looks worried and you get too, uh, too close to an end of an edge he's kind of doing the Sonic uh, cliff you know. angle yeah exactly yep. yeah. so I, yep. lo- I love the attention to detail for this game especially being a 1990 release I mean it's you didn't see that in, in a Mario platformer Mario wasn't looking different as he stood in different areas and I really love that attention to detail and the same thing goes for uh, what you mentioned Aaron with the, the scrolling and the backgrounds I mean the, the forest background itself uh, th- there's a lot of detail back there if you if you just pause it and just kind of stare at it the trees were drawn really well everything just fits so well into the theme of the game but yeah not- and I love I love the what was the level where it's kind of got like uh, castles in the background and it almost sounds like circus music and uh, it, it's just great because the, the parallax scrolling is really noticeable on that part where it's almost got this fake 3D effect going on yeah. where, you know, the foreground's moving a little slower and the background's moving faster. And so it gives this crazy effect off. 
Uh, so just brighter than the, the color colors in this game, they pop a little more than a lot of other Sega Genesis games, which seem to kind of be a little murkier. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah, they're definitely a lot brighter colors, and you feel like you're playing the cartoon, you know? Because at this point, the Super Nintendo's not out, so you could be on the NES, and you know a lot of the graphics are a little bit blockier. And on this, they just they completely nailed it with the animations. I mean, you, as a kid, you'd really feel like you're playing the Mickey Mouse cartoon because the way the way that the animations were just so smooth and and everything. It was amazing. Yeah, and and speaking of the colors, like when you go to stage two, Toyland, I mean, it, it just brightens up completely. All the blocks are like pinks and yellows and pastel colors, and. Um, yeah, and even to go a little bit more into that, the, the music of that stage, there's like the... You, oh, you see, I love it. It's yeah, like you, Nutcracker, yeah, Tchaikovsky you, style. You, yeah. you, see, you see the toy soldiers and you start hearing the little, uh, you know, the, the snare roll a little bit, kind of giving you like a, okay, they're kind of marching to that. And it just, the, the whole scenery just changed from the Enchanted Forest to the Toyland, just really fit. Yeah, you could definitely tell Sega put a lot of love and care into this game. It wasn't just one of those, you know, one of those games where someone got the license for it and they just felt like, oh, we'll just make whatever and we'll stick the license on it. You know, we could have been making some other game completely unrelated to, to Mickey Mouse and, you know, whatever. But this one is designed around Mickey and you can kind of tell uh, with just the attention to detail in just the vivid design of, of uh, everything going on in the game. Just It's kind of dreamlike and uh, colorful and, and nicely animated, which you wouldn't really see until like uh, Aladdin or Cool Spot or you know games that Virgin were putting out. So really neat. Right, and I think this game was only, as far as Mickey games on the Sega Genesis. Uh, I mean, the sequel to this game is great. Obviously, having that two-player co-op is just awesome. What is the sequel? Uh, the sequel is World of Illusion, yeah. and you got to play as Mickey and Donald Duck. At the same time? Yes, sir. Dude! It's awesome. We should play it sometime. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not sure I might Am have... Am I blowing I'm... your mind right you now? You are, dude. <laughs> well, I think I think, I think think saw that game, and I saw Donald on it, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I like Castle of Illusion. This, that sounds like, you know, like a... I didn't know it was a sequel, and I didn't know it had co-op. That's awesome. Wow. And you guys should also check out uh, Mickey Mania, but check out the Sega CD version. That's my favorite uh, because they really nailed the, the feel of early Mickey Mouse cartoons. Oh, you really? You go through like the first level, and it's all black and white, and then uh, oh. it changes to color. <laughs> yeah, you go through different Mickey movies. Wow. And there's like this cool uh, like fake 3D area on Jack and the or Mickey and the Beanstalk so that's cool yeah that's awesome wow hey, that's, that's it, my favorite version and, and real quick to go back to what I was talking about the idle animations I found the article I was going to read this excerpt from it um, Game Informer actually interviewed uh, Amiko Yamamoto the director um, when they were talking about the remaster of this and they asked her um, you know Castle Illusion features one of the first ever idle animations can you tell us more about the inspiration behind that and uh, this is real cool. She said, actually, this was something the main programmer and animator came up with. I recall them coming to me and showing me what they created, the idle animation and also the animation for when Mickey was wavering at the edge of a platform. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I asked them, oh, we can do something like this? Sure, let's do it. Making sure the world and characters feel alive was very important to the team. So I thought that was kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Because, yeah, yeah I, I think up to that point, the only game I can 
think of that was even close to that was like Prince of Persia, where they rotoscoped the animation. So they, I think Jordan Mechner, the creator, he got his brother, something like that, to do the animations, like the running and walking and stuff. So it was lifelike. Uh, so I think that was the only game maybe before this that was really, really doing that. It's really neat. Yeah, I'll, I'll put the uh, article in the uh, show notes. There's some real cool questions, a Q&A here about that. It was mainly about the remake, but um, it was really cool, some of the them actually talking about the old Sega Genesis stuff. I And, and I'm wrong. I'm, I'm dumb. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> Impossible Mission, Karataka, those games also did the, like, almost rotoscoping type animation but i okay, think okay. i think castle of illusion uh like you're saying is one of the earliest games to do that idle animation i think what like uh, earthworm jim did it uh, oh, i know yeah. sonic the hedgehog and especially like the when bubsy came out <laughs> when are we gonna do bubsy guys come on oh there you go we were talking about <laughs> doing a bad game that might be our next oh i shouldn't say that don't that give is. it away <laughs> bubsy 3d do that later oh yeah never <laughs> I feel like I keep going back on, on the podcast. Sorry, I keep bringing up old news here, but uh, what we got next? Um, yeah, the, the stages. We, we mentioned a little bit about those. Uh, so the, the manual kind of has names for them. You don't actually see them in the game. Um, I mentioned the first stage was the Enchanted Forest. And each stage kind of has its own little section, subsection, whatever you want to yeah, call them. Don't you talk to some old witch lady and you end, up at, uh, you, you end up at a castle and then each door you go into is a new level? Yes. Yes. And so uh, after you beat the Enchanted Forest, you go to the Toyland, which we just talked about. Uh, the next level, uh, level three, is uh, the Storm, which I kind of wrote a note on that one. It's uh, pretty much find the hole that takes you to the end of the level. <laughs> you guys, I had a little trouble finding out which uh, which uh, hole to go down or which bridge to kind of fall down. Oh, that was frustrating, and yeah. it's like the second to last one, because I had the same problem where I kind of had to double back, and I died because that's the one with the piranhas, right? Yes, that's one of the hardest part of the games is just yeah, swimming that's, through there. That's, that was the level that kind of felt like Battletoads to me where you're in the water <laughs> and you're completely defenseless. You can't throw your your apples or whatever. Yeah, and I think the storm was probably the only level that it kind of barred. It, it looked a lot like the Enchanted Forest. I think that was the only thing that kind of barred for that. the, 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 the first part was different, yeah. but yeah, I know what you mean. Where it's pretty similar. But when, once you got into the next part of that with the uh, oh, um, where the water is trying to like take over the uh, bottom floor, it looked a lot different. And the and, oh, the, yeah. and the music for that part, I, I, that 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 was some of my favorite music in the game. Pretty epic. It was almost yeah. progressive rock. Well, yeah, I kind of I kind of read that down. It reminded me of uh, or like uh, jazz fusion. Yes. It almost sounded like the the underwater, like the sunken city area in Castlevania Four. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I, I wrote some weird uh, notes on here, but uh, after the first part of the song, like you almost hear some polyrhythmic stuff. But after about halfway through the song it, it almost gets in like to this like groovy uh, bass line yeah the with, bass comes in with like some uh, oh why can't we have more of that yeah like some like old Egyptian sounds or something it was really cool I, I love that song but yeah anyways so after the storm uh, you go into the library which we talked a little bit about and that's the one <laughs> when I first played the library I thought well that gym was easy you get a couple gyms in the library because um, before that each stage only had one gym the library actually has uh, what is it, two or three I think I think you're collecting seven gems, so I think it would have probably three. Uh, anyways, but um, you, you actually go inside teacups, you go inside milk jugs to uh, play further into the uh, level, which I think the library to me was probably the hardest level. I it, think it was- oh man, I 
I agree. It was it was pretty tough because there were just some enemies where if you did not have projectiles, you were going to yeah. get hit. And it was cool that you could jump into the T, though, and it would kind of be like a little bonus area where you could collect uh, more projectiles or more gems, yeah. I think. And I thought it was funny when, when the apple rolls down that one hill and falls into the teacup. When you jump into that teacup, you find apples, which is kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, it, it's cool. I like the little areas where uh, you, you kind of fall down a slope. And Mickey kind of speeds down quickly. I, I almost want to say that they borrowed that from Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, you especially notice it in level 2, when or stage 2, when you're... That was the coolest part of that level, I think. Besides the upside-down flipping mechanic, was oh, yeah, where yeah. you remember like you get to the top of the level, and suddenly it, it would change to all slopes, and so you would be yeah. sliding down the whole level. Yeah, there's almost like a like a Metroidvania aspect of that level because you you walk to the right when you first start, like oh here's the exit already. Yeah, oh, I, have to, I have to get a key before I can get into there. So you gotta walk all the way up to the other side of the level, and once you get the key, that's when all the slopes happen, like you're talking about. Yeah, and, and speaking of keys, <laughs> yeah, I just hear a jingle. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's my dog. That's <laughs> oh. that's probably her color. <laughs> but but yeah, so it was just it was interesting in this game. It was all about like false endings and because it plays into the whole illusion thing. And so you'd get to the top of the level and you're like, "Oh, here's the end of the level." Nope. I go, "No, this is a bonus area." Or no, this is going to take you to another little spot. But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily aggravating uh, because you usually found where you were supposed to go pretty quick. Was this the first game to use a upside-down transition like that? No, I think huh? Metal Storm came out before this game did. Huh. I think it was okay. like 89. Um, and then there was another game that used that. It, it's come up in more games now, like Wendy Every Which Way on the Game Boy Color, which we covered on Retro Obscura. Like the whole game oh, yeah, is about that using that. Yeah, it's about yeah. using that upside-down mechanic. Um, and then Metal Storm was a great game. I put that game on my list of games I need to check out. And I still haven't played that. After you all talked yeah. about that, I'm like, I really need to try that game. It's a budget game, and it's just really fun. Uh, the, the upside down thing in, in Mickey is kind of gets frustrating, uh, just because it's like oh, I can't get to those power ups. So well, let me do the upside down <laughs> thing, and it's like ah. Oh. That, that but, was uh, the, that was the only time in the whole game where I died, and I kind of laughed about it because I kept when I would do the the butt stomp, I'd always hit down. So when I jumped, I hit down. I'm like. Oh, you got to hit up instead. Of oh, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of laughed I at myself. The double jump would have helped there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Secret of the pros. Yeah. I, I think if this game would have had an actual double jump, that would have been awesome. Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. I, I love the sound it makes when you go upside down, though. That sound is so Sega. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also in the same area, like when you jump on the clown and that uh, unicycle starts going back and forth, that, that was oh, second, that oh, was yeah. second too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know what I'm surprised at is the fact that you know the Sega Genesis had this uh, this chip where you could play sound samples on it, and you didn't have any voices. There was no uh, there was no voice acting in the game, which surprised me. Hmm. But you know it's 1990, so. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had to pay more money to get an actual voice actor. Yeah, and I couldn't have been more happy with the sound effects and and the music. I thought, and and to talk more about the music too, the uh, the boss the boss uh, music. It's yeah, so good. It's like it, it, it adds it's panic. very catchy. It yeah, it's catchy. And and it adds a sense of panic too, which my, I thought was cool. My roommate walked by. And he's like, "Oh man, that's a catchy piece of music. Yeah. That's awesome." 
And it's weird. It's pretty repetitive, but it doesn't feel repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know how they did that. There's a couple like battling. It's an illusion. It's illusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, something I, I noticed about a, a few of the compositions in this game. There's a lot of like battling melodies. Like there's two different melodies going on at the same time, but they merge real well together. Counterpoint. So, exactly. And I, I've really. That's not something that's easy to to make sound that well. And I, I thought they did a brilliant job with that. I, I haven't really enjoyed a soundtrack for a while. Um, as much as I have this one. Man, not enough cats in this game. Though <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? I think, isn't uh, Pete, isn't he a cat? So there were cat bats. Cat bats. <laughs> there you go. That's weird to think about. Pete's a cat. I never got that. I, I, I've heard that before. Cool. He is. I'll tell you what, one, one character we do know. It's uh, you know Donald Duck. He's a duck. And uh, What do you get if you cross Donald with a whale? You get Moby Duck. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> you need a rim shot every time you tell one of those terrible, terrible jokes. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be my new thing. But uh, <laughs> all right. So we talked about uh, we talked we hit all the stages. Oh, I, I didn't mention the last stage, which is, is called the castle. Um, which there's a lot of uh, armored enemies, which kind of remind me of like Zelda 2. I was expecting them to like go high and low with the shield, but that didn't happen. Uh, also, yeah, <laughs> I also thought of like uh, Castlevania when you encountered like uh, armor knights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So and, and that, honestly, uh, the only part of that stage I found difficult was um, again the water, and and there was a the later half of that stage you'd be in the water and there'd be like three levels like oh do i go down this one do i go this one this one and uh every now and then you'd pick one where the one of those dead piranha fish are coming at you and there's nothing you can do other than go yeah backwards. like I, I struggled with on that level especially those uh dropping blocks i just didn't understand the timing so i just ended up running through there and getting hit anyway i think i got uh, lucky on this <laughs> i think all that all that time you spent playing contra and getting getting to the last level where you had to wait for the <laughs> oh yeah yeah those uh those oh, spikes to come down. <laughs> you're right because I I I picked up on that pattern right away because because one of them you would you would walk past one and it would drop and then the next one didn't drop so you would just kind of hang back there. I I was thinking of Contra the whole time I was doing that. That's funny. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> so if so, this was like Contra, you could just pelt all the enemies with fruit all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Need a spreader fruit gun. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but uh, after you beat the castle, um, you go on to fight the witch. And it that... was a lot like Dracula. Yeah. And, and that boss battle, it took me... I think I died three or four times before I finally got it. But it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And yeah, I, I, it's, I, a lot it's not of people, as cheap as I thought it would be either. And like you said, you thought this was a real hard game. I read a lot of articles where this was a hard game. I don't know, maybe I just got this game better than most, but I kind of found it... I, I sat through it twice and beat it both times, so I don't know. I, Did you die, I, though? I only <laughs> yeah. took... I, I still had a continue left um, when I finished the game last night. So uh, I don't, yeah, I've I don't never know. beaten it. See, I, I, I game overed on the fourth level, so I ended up having to pull a nick, and I used to save state. <laughs> pull a nick, is, I like Is that. the fourth level the, uh, the temple-looking thing? No, not the, the fourth level, the fifth level, I'm sorry. The one where everything is bigger, uh, where it's kind of like... All the items are giant because you had to fight the the giant boss. 
Oh, okay. uh, I have not gotten to that one. I only got to the temple one with uh, the waterfalls. Yeah, I got <laughs> past that one okay. It was just once I got to the part where it's like the bookcase and the books falling and the letter A and that stuff. <laughs> and the, that is that the one with the teacups and the milk, or is that a different area? Like, yeah, that's the teacups and milk. And I, 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 that is the boss with the. Uh, you, we were talking about earlier that kind of smiles, and you have to jump on him right when he smiles. There's like a so. clown boss, there's a dragon boss. Uh, I kind of get, get get them all mixed yeah. together. That's true. I think that stage went ahead. Now I'm, I'm confused myself because the dragon boss was the last boss on that stage, right? Yeah, I think so. I where think you're so outside, yeah. and uh, he, he takes a little bit to get used to, but it's it's all in the timing. And yeah. and what's interesting is the game always gives you two ways to defeat enemies, which is either you jump on them or you you pelt them with with uh, whatever item you got. I, I kind of wish the like the butt stomp was automatic, where it was kind of like Sonic. Where could you imagine playing Sonic, where you had to press down or press a button every time you wanted to kill an enemy? <laughs> yeah, that'd be rough. Yeah, that would be kind of tough. I think they fixed that in the remake to where uh, I think you could just jump on an enemy straight off. Yeah, I think so. But it does add, a, I guess, a little added strategy to the game. And. uh I think it was stage three with the waterfall. That that boss did, did it not look like a little gremlin? Yeah, <laughs> is it the one that kind of? Uh, he was an easy boss though. He wasn't too bad. He, is he the one that kind of disappears? Yeah, and kind of knocks. He hops knocks. around, and if you just stay in the corner of the level and just wait for him to stop, you can pelt him or you can jump on him. Yeah, he kind of takes down pieces of that tower each. each yeah, time, so, okay. But he yeah. does this weird like uh, thing where he flashes back and forth real quick. Yeah, gotcha. Just gotta get to him quick enough. <laughs> and so, and once you get all the gems, um, you get to the top part of the castle, and it yeah, builds you're up. reunited with all your pony friends. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I thought that when I saw that, I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's like Crystal's ponytail. But this uh, has the same ending. <laughs> We're gonna go have a party with a bunch of ponies. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not a party; it's a boss fight. No, <laughs> but the gems do. The gems build a rainbow bridge to the next part of the. I know. The it's like. Mickey's just like, oh, I've got all these gems. I'm just gonna throw them on the ground, <laughs> and like that's it. Like, like he's just like, he just throws them on the ground, and suddenly the magic bridge appears. Like, how did he know that that was gonna happen? <laughs> I would have been like, seriously, if I would have collected all these gems, I think I would have just taken it to the pawn shop and made some money. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have had the same thought Mickey did. It was like, I'm gonna throw these gems on the ground, and they're gonna create a magic bridge, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> I I guess that's just not my thought process, but thankfully that happened in a cutscene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that kind of covers it for a high high level view of the stages. Um, I I, I did I, f I felt like the health replenishment was pretty fair as well. Like I that's something I wrote down. Um, of course when you get to the next parts of the stage it will replenish a little of your life and you only actually start with three bars of the health out of the five so it's yeah there like, aren't a whole lot of games that do that well, and I was also saying because Philias did the same thing which we talked about yeah. last episode they they had a what was it Aaron was it four or five that were available and you only get three yeah. it's kind yeah, of like no, it pretty the much the same, same deal thing. and I think like in, I think in Super Mario Brothers 2 it was the same deal where like you could get more uh, oh yeah more hearts or something to add to what you had yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting, but um, I did feel like in the first stage you can get the the uh, extra life pretty easily. Um, I felt like I finished that stage most of the time without getting hit, but yeah. 
You're just so awesome. I know. Finally. I, I have to play on practice mode. I don't mean to brag. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, because that's why he does the videos. He's like, hey, everybody, come take a look and see how good I look. See how awesome I am at this game. F funny Those story. Poser hosers. <laughs> funny story about that video. I actually videoed myself like doing an unboxing of the of the cartridge and stuff. And uh, after I listened to it, my voice—you can't even hear me. I was like, "Oh, I just ruined that." I had a whole new idea set up for that, so maybe next time. Because I don't have a good camera. I was using my iPhone, and it, it didn't pick up my voice very well. So, there you go. So I was trying to show off my mug. Didn't work out. Everyone can see how good I look. <laughs> say, That's one mug you don't want to chuck. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you guys have anything else to say about the stages? Anything you wanted to? There's, all my notes are, are done, so you guys take it over if you have anything to say about the stages. No, yeah, just that for some reason the fight against Miserable really reminded me of like the Dracula fight in uh, I think it was like Castlevania 2 on uh, Game Boy. I don't know why, like with the whole rotating flames around the enemy and just the fact that she had a cape. Uh, but the difference is, guys, on this boss battle, you can actually jump on the projectiles that yep. she's shooting out, which is really oh, wow. cool. I, I didn't realize that at first and, until, but I think the problem is, uh, it, did you notice, did you get hurt when you if you got launched to the top of the level? I don't know. Kind of felt that way. Yeah, and it, you could time it. Really, if, if you would wait till she, you know, yeah, if she almost threw it, at, kind of wait till she's about to throw those, and then you jumped, and then you would hit one. Make sure you don't do a double jump and come back down on her. Had to get her pretty easily that way. That's how I did it, anyways. But yeah, and, and and I think she had disguised herself as a witch or something, or like a, a small character, and then like you see her final form, <laughs> yeah, and she's like ten feet tall, like yeah. <laughs> but then again, I think Mickey and Minnie are only like. Three inches tall, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they are mice. So. Hey, take that back. <laughs> we talked about graphics. Oh, I did. I talked about graphics. Um, I mean, you guys agreed that those are pretty good graphics for 1990. Animation. Oh, are good. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I tell you what. I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. Um, the only thing left I got is sound, and I've kind of covered most of what I thought about the music and the sound. Josh, did you like the music? You seem like you did. Love the music, yeah. Uh, I think my favorite uh, one is probably the second stage, like you guys were saying, with, with the uh, the uh, the leaves and the dew, and yeah, it was it was amazing. And I like I don't know why I like the sound effect that you get when you bounce on guys. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a uh, a pop and a it's it's great. You got to play the game. Um, <laughs> you got to got to play the game to hear it. And some of the just classic, you could definitely tell it was done by the by the Genesis. But to be honest, like uh, like Aaron was saying, a lot of the music is sort of more what you would expect to hear on a Super Nintendo. And I think they did very well with uh, with the Gen Genesis sound chip. Um, there aren't a whole lot of other soundtracks that I can think of that sound like this. Uh, maybe um, beyond Oasis, as far as the orchestral stuff goes, but yeah, not not too many other games. Yeah, but you gotta remember who did Beyond Oasis, right? <laughs> Yuzo Koshiro, the, the man, the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend. <laughs> yeah, probably one of one of the most memorable soundtracks for for Sega, as far as I'm concerned. 
Definitely. I'd agree. I, and I'd this probably... was kind of their flagship title before Sonic came out, I would say. Yeah. I mean, this was better than Alex Kidd, which I, we haven't covered on the show yet. No, but, and uh, I, w- I would definitely. I know we did Altered Beast, but I would definitely say this is a much better game than Altered Beast. Yeah. I mean, they had done. Had they done another platformer up to this point? Maybe a few uh, other ones. But. Yeah, I don't know. Not too many. Maybe Elemental Master or something like that. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to say about the game before we do these achievements? Um, let me see. My name's Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Genesis Gems. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably going to be the intro. I like it. <laughs> I like yeah. that one. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. And, and speaking of moving on, what kind of vehicles do Disney characters drive? Minivans. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's do some retrofitted achievements, yo. The Genesis Gems retrofitted achievements. I have four. What do y'all got? I have three. I only three have three. Is the magic number? <laughs> Josh has thirty-seven. No, I've only got one. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about them. I was just—I think I was too uh, nostalgic and playing the game. Got really into it and totally forgot about the retrofitted achievements. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Are you ready? Go for it. I only have three. I'm so ready. my first achievement is, what the duck? <laughs> uh, and that is uh, get a game over after losing all of your continues, <laughs> which did off, happen to me. It took me off guard. I like it. <laughs> uh, let's see. The second one is uh, everything you know is wrong. Uh, hit the upside down switch in level two. And my third and final one is my, my good friend, uh, Roy G. Biv. And that's collect all the gems. Because the way they're arranged is, I think you actually collect them in that order, don't you? I, I can't remember, but I think there there were uh, seven gems to collect. And they were all the different colors of the rainbow. The different Roy, Roy G. Biv. Yeah. Roy G. Biv. He's a good friend of mine. I love it. Those are good. How about you, Josh? <laughs> uh, the only one I had was... Um, you're wrong, quiz kid. And that's uh, if you die and you have to use a continue. And that's because I noticed at the bottom, I don't know why, the way that I... Whoa, dog's going crazy. <laughs> uh, the way that I read the text at the bottom of the screen, uh, it says, uh, in order to beat the game, you have to be smart, uh, brave, and smart. And I was like, <laughs> that was what so do you mean by that? I was, <laughs> like, like, I was like, you have to be brave and smart. I was like, like, the wow, most passive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Comment. That's exactly how I took it. I was like, wow, thanks. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, I'm offended. Yeah. I think even your dog's offended right now. I yeah. think she is, yeah. <laughs> Pipe down in there, Pluto. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So I got four. Uh, my first one is, uh, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. And that's uh, finishing a level of no damage. Nice. Um Second one is, uh, how about them apples? And that's uh, only using apples to defeat the first boss. Uh, my third one, that this uh, I was just frustrated with you, Aaron. Uh, this is called FNA. And this is getting killed by one of the uh, jumping A's <laughs> in level four. Freaking <laughs> and, Aaron. <laughs> Freaking Aaron. My last one is, uh, we're all ears. And that's reuniting with many at the end of the game. So, 
Didn't you love the end where I love the little animation where she kisses him? Spoiler. And he kind of uh, spins around a little bit and falls over. It's great. It's a cool nice. little little animation going on. Yeah. I like it. Well, since we finished that, we're going to move on to the next part. Speaking of moving on to you know a different part, a different day, uh, when does Mickey put up his new calendar on New Year's Eve? All right. Is this game a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? <laughs> so i was a little surprised i went to moby games uh, as i always do to find the moby rank like the critical reception for this game uh this this got an 87 out of 100 which kind of shocked me i thought it'd be more in the the 90s range um depends on where, where you read because it i wonder if some of that's modern stuff because if you go to wikipedia some of it is yeah yeah like the two reviews that were up up there uh give it a 93 and a 95 percent Oh really? Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and some of these, when they compile these, some of them aren't. I don't want to say they're not re- reputable, but there's some I've never heard of. So, but uh, of ill repute, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Nick Stevens has not heard of it, it must be garbage. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely not a joke. It's just not a joke. <laughs> now, now, Game, Game Pro did give him an eighty, which is kind of shocking. But Power yeah. Play, Power Pro gave it five shake, <laughs> what five shocked faces, <laughs> <laughs> and a thumbs up. <laughs> if, if, if Adam Sessler was only be like a four out of five. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, the the one notable review I, I always loved EGM. I think most people did, but they uh, yeah. they the headline for this is said uh, this game is spectacular in terms of its graphics, animation, and execution. There are so many frames to Mickey's movements that it actually looks like a cartoon. The visual appeal of the game is high with great use of color. A little on the easy side, but incredible nonetheless. So we kind of. I mean, yeah, with the cut I wouldn't color. agree with the easy side, but you probably would. Cause you'd well, be yeah, like, I would. I guess. would say I moderate was. to hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, was a, it was a walk in the park. <laughs> in the forest, eh? Yeah, walk in the forest. <laughs> walk in the clouds. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, as we always do, we pose the question to our excellent listeners. I actually kind of took the uh, poll off because I-, I noticed when I put the poll on there without a picture, it kind of got less hits. So I took a very entertaining picture of myself with the game and some Mickey ears on my head. So I, I, it's up to you all, you know, if you believe me or not. But those were from a birthday party my son had of Mickey Mouse. You may believe that, or you may think I'm just a closet Mickey fan. I had him for fun. I, I've got a Mickey and a Minnie Mouse bowl <laughs> <laughs> that my kids use, and Mick, and matching Mickey and Minnie spoons. Okay, so you're yeah, you're in the same nice. you're in the same bowl. Same as I boat. Am. Yeah, like I could. <laughs> Post a picture right now, like of me eating some Cheerios out of a Mickey bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a picture of Mickey as a Jedi. It's pretty sweet. Oh, cool. We, yeah, I when we think went I've down, seen that. That's awesome. Yeah, we went to, uh, we went to Disney last uh, summer for Star Wars weekends, and they had a bunch of artists doing uh, Mickey Star Wars stuff. So we have oh, Mickey man. with like he looks like uh, Obi Wan with a blue lightsaber, and then we have Donald Duck as Darth Maul. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That is cool. Too bad he dies in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they cut his bill in half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our uh, first feedback is from a uh, very dedicated listener, Brian Bowen. Uh, he says, 100% Jim. 
From the little details in Mickey's animation, to the charming music, to the fantastic graphics and varied locations, to the simple but fun gameplay, this remains my favorite Disney game on any platform, and one of my favorite Genesis games. Wow, there's a lot of good Disney games. That's, that's saying a lot there. That's cool. Uh, Nick Mellon says, This was my first experience with the Mega Drive. My neighbor got one for Christmas, and her family being Luddites, no one could connect it for her. It must have been about 1990 or 91. I was six or seven. Anyways, when we went to give the family gifts, they asked if I could hook it up. I hooked it up, and we played it from about 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. while the families did Christmas stuff. If only for nostalgia alone, this is a gem. Uh, Mark Super says, For me, it is a game that rides the border between good and gym. I think that I'll call it a gym because the game has really held up well over time. Nothing about it feels old or outdated. Uh, Michael Kelso. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really talk about the game. He just says, I don't think I can stop laughing to comment on this one. He's referring to my Mickey ears. <laughs> so, um, Benjamin Murphy says, If the Sonic games didn't exist, Castle Illusion would have been the best platformer on the Genesis in my opinion. It's a gem, even though I was never able to beat it. This game has that rare ability to draw you into the atmosphere it creates with the beautiful music, sound, and graphics. Uh, Gabe Van... I'm going to say his last name wrong. Van Gilder? Is that right? Gabe Van Gilder? Van Gilder. Gilder, yeah. Anyways, he just says gem. Uh, Richard Cabarello says garbage. Just kidding. Of course it's a gem. You, <laughs> he, I, I, love what, I love what he says here. He goes, of course it's a gem, you Genesis playing, Mickey hat wearing, peak poning, loving son of a gun. <laughs> and then he uh, responds back, oh, and Genesis gems rocks. So uh, thanks, Richard. Uh, Nick DeMarco says, the game is good, but there's nothing good about you and Mickey ears. Think of the children. <laughs> that was good. And uh, the last one comes in from Freddy Velasquez. Jim, the game I used to get my five-year-old son to play the Genesis. Uh, you know, pretty much agreed upon, except for Nick DeMarco, that it was a completely a gym. And then Michael Kelso had his worthless comments. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> par so, yeah, for the course. Power, far, far, far. But anyways, I, I agree. It's a gym. I think I've. I, I think the only gripe I had was that there was no dash button, and that's that's very minimal. You know, the, the pacing was a little slow as as he walked. But I think again, like we mentioned, it was fair in, in that sense. But uh, love the animations, love the music, love the varied stages, all the different things you do in each stage. The boss battles I thought were great. Um, they all had their own little patterns you could figure out. Um, and like I said, I'm definitely. This is definitely a staple in my collection. Um, can't wait to you know play it again one day so it's definitely a gem in my book and i just wanted to mention that you know i, I think sega japan they must have known they were going to have a hit and they were they were pretty smug because in japan <laughs> the name of this game is i love mickey mouse <laughs> that's what it's called so uh with that being said i, I think it's definitely a gem this is one of those uh undeniable gems on the system and it kind of paved the way for for other platformers that would come out later uh you just as far as raising the bar uh, uh on what you could do on the system so uh, it's definitely a gem for all the mentions all the reasons <coughs> nick mentioned so <laughs> yeah what he uh, said <laughs> uh ditto Ditto. No. <laughs> but, he just dropped drop yeah. the mic. Come on, Josh. <laughs> Definitely a... Uh, yeah, drop the mic. Definitely a, a gem uh, as far as I'm concerned. One of my favorite games on the system. Uh, one of the ones I'd say if I could only own five games for the Genesis, this would be one of my top five. Uh, probably closer to the uh, 
the higher end of the range. And I think it's really cool. Uh, again, the music, the graphics, the gameplay, the control, everything is great on this game. And uh, it really, it's kind of neat when you think about the Genesis because it really, this game, even though it was it was made in 1990. Um, it really shows some of the capabilities and versatility of the system as far as uh, just the range of music and, and uh, graphics and color palette that it could do. And uh, it's really neat if you look at the Genesis, just looking at um, how many different types of games there are and the broad range. Like you've got, you know, the Splatterhouse 2 and 3, which are extremely gory, and you've got... Um, you know, Shadow Run, which is really serious, and then you can have something like um, Shaq, you know, Fu. The, Shaq Fu, the <laughs> Pony Games, uh, and then you've got Mickey Mouse, and you've got you know Michael Jackson, Moonwalker, and Toe Jam and Earl, just like all over the place. <laughs> so I think it, it really it's cool that it kind of shows that you can um, have uh, sort of a uh, a wondrous uh, magical kid oriented game that's still fun for everybody. It was just awesome. I agree. It's definitely one of those games for for all ages. So check it out if you haven't. It's really easy to obtain now, especially since the remake came out. You could kind of get this as uh, a a free pack-in, I guess you could call it. So there's definitely ways you can play the game now. You get this for free if you buy the the remake? I got it for free. Uh, It was like a PSN promotion. I think if you got the, the remake, you got this one free. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Definitely worth it. And the remake, the remake is pretty cool. I was expecting it to be this game because I love this game. So I think I was a little disappointed in the remake for that reason only. But I'll say the graphics are great on that. It does seem fun. I've not played it through. And Aaron, you were saying your kids liked it. So yeah, uh, check it out. And you can't disagree with my kids. Yeah, <laughs> <That's not> awesome. <laughs> they are right. Well, I mean, your your kid's favorite character, Sonic. So he's got to be right. Yeah, and you know what Sonic's original name was? You ready? Mr. Needle Mouse. <laughs> oh. I'm glad they changed it. Me too. <laughs> that was the original sp- concept. Wasn't, he was there kinda... sp- wasn't there speculation that the awesome possum was going to be <laughs> <laughs> the Sega mascot? <laughs> the less said about awesome possum, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bubsy, anyways. Uh, Bubsy. Yes, so <laughs> we will lay the gavel down. This is a gem. All right, so we it don't know. It contains gems. It contains gems. Seven yeah. gems. Yes. So, yeah. We're not sure what our next game is going to be. Um, you know, we're, we're going to make that decision. We, we realize we're playing a lot of good games. And yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll play a sports game. And uh, Speaking of sports, what is Mickey Mouse's favorite sport? Mini golf. <laughs> oh, I think that does it for all my jokes for the game. He is so bad. <laughs> oh, I love dad jokes. I love them. Oh, they're the best. They are the best. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, like yeah. A, you know, look away. <laughs> Genesis Gems episode 36 in the books. Um, if you want to check us out, please go to our website at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Join the Facebook group. That's where all the interaction happens. We love that group. Uh, thank you all so much for being a part of that group. But it is at facebook.com slash group slash genesisgems. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gengems. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review. And we are on Stitcher, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. And also, I don't know if, um, if you all 
do this. I've, I've been trying to stay more involved in my personal Twitter, putting out random video game stuff. So if anyone is curious of what I'm playing, I post some of my uh, PS4 share stuff up there. You know, the PS4 has that cool share button now. Um, you can follow me at WVNick, and then I'll you'll see some cool Fallout 4 stuff. And I do post some Genesis stuff while I'm playing out there, too. So, yeah, if anyone wants to go follow me personally, I'm WVNick. Are you guys? I, thought, yeah. I, I saw if there were like a couple of dogs that subscribed to your post because they wanted to follow you. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Josh's dog is actually subscribed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I somehow they could smell you all the way from here, Nick, and she was just like freaking out. Like, That's I actually <laughs> smell your jokes a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an update about that. I forgot last week. I got a letter from the health department. The dog did not have rabies, so that's good. That means I'm I'm safe. No rabies for me. Well, it didn't have rabies before it bit Nick, but yeah, it's got rabies now. Now it now it has rabies. Now it has rabies. Way to go, Nick. Someone someone posted something on Facebook about me getting bit by a dog. I didn't post it myself. I don't like to bring that kind of attention. But my dad my dad writes on there. He goes, I'm just happy the dog's all right. Thanks for the support, Dad. Nice. All right. So yeah, we'll be coming back. Hopefully. Um, we'll probably we'll be talking offline. I don't know if we're going to do a special Christmas show or what we're going to do, but hopefully we can get something out um, before before January. We'll we'll figure something cool out. So y'all, you listeners, just stay tuned. We'll we'll be bringing you some some more good content. And um, I don't know if it'll be good, but oh, it'll be good as long as you're here, Josh. That's what I'm saying. As long, as long as Josh comes back, because it, it takes two people to carry me. So Aaron's he, his back's hurting a little bit from carrying me so much. So. When Josh comes here, you know, maybe we can limit the dad jokes a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. But um, keep them coming. Get a layoff on the hot dogs with sauce. Hot dogs with sauce and pop. Yeah, have some pop. (laughs) Now see where Rob? Well, no, where 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 he lives now in Tennessee. They everyone they call everything Coke. So even if you order Sprite, it's a Coke. That seems to be a Texas thing too. Is that right? Yeah, I I've never done it, but some people do. Well, I know I've always. Our, where I work, our corporate office is in the Fort Worth, Texas, and of course, the everyone down there says y'all, y'all, and uh, where I'm from, we say you guys, so we always make fun of each other. I'll I'll call them. I'm like, how are y'all doing? <laughs> they'll be like, they'll be like, great. How are you guys? <laughs> so, so it's like this little little thing we do. How about, so. how about yins? You guys ever get yins? Yins. 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 I've heard use guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Was it from New Jersey? Jersey. Yeah. yeah. These guys. Yeah, when you get real thick into West Virginia, uh, people call. They say the word iron. It comes out as arn. And then we have we have a lot of creeks in our area, like little streams of water. Those are called cricks in our area. Yeah. Cricks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cricks. Well, anyway. That's, that sure is how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. There's a town about 30 minutes away from me. It's spelled Hurricane. H-U-R-R-I-C-A-N-E. And uh, it's everyone around there pronounces it Hurricane. And literally, <laughs> if, if you say hurricane, they correct you. No, it's hurricane. So Really? I'm not so kidding. There's hurricane. places where they do that. Like if you go to Pueblo over in Colorado, they will correct you and they'll say, no, it's it's Pueblo. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, Washington. The, How about Washington? Washington. Washington. Yeah. Washington. Or uh, pecans and pecans. My mom calls them pecans. I'm like, no, a pecan's what you take with you on a boat when you're fishing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. But you mean you don't want to pee overboard and potentially ruin one of your fish? That's good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. 
Well, this has been Genesis Gems Podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you guys don't have anything else, I'm done. Nope. Good. That's all, folks. That's all. All right. We'll catch you all later. Bye.